Have you ever seen something marketed as lukewarm? Think about it. No, it's usually an ice cold drink or a, a nice, hot, inviting spa or hot springs. But lukewarm advertising, it doesn't work because nobody likes anything that's lukewarm. Well, how can we avoid being lukewarm? We'll hear the address to lukewarm Laodicea today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Laodicea, the Lukewarm Church. The city in AD 60, Tacitus, the Roman uh, historian, says, uh, they, the city, without any relief from us, from Rome, recovered itself by its own resources. But it was poor, blind, and naked. Think about these descriptions. An area famous for eye salve, but still blind. Uh, an area wealthy in the banking industry, end of 17, but described as poor. An area booming with the latest fashions in black wool, described as naked. Because Jesus is not talking about material things. Where it is so easy to assess life by materialism, right? So what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? How do I look? Look at what I drive. Look at what I do. And Jesus says, oh, I'm looking right through that. See, your self-confidence and your self-reliance is your supreme weakness. In fact, it's exposed you. Do you know that uh, in all of our affluence as Americans, we have a problem that we have to fight that we may not all realize. In our affluence, we can become totally self-reliant. We don't have to rely upon God. So we have a, a society that's constantly trying to raise it up a notch uh, in terms of what we possess, and we're like the emperor who has no clothes. So you say, Pastor Michael, enough, enough. Is there, <laughs> is there any good news here? Is there any solutions? Here it comes. Verse 18, I advise you, here's my counsel. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich or truly rich. Solution, number one, for lukewarm believers, by gold refined by the fire. And some of you may be saying, what in the world does that mean? What do you mean by gold refined in the fire? Well, when something's refined in fire, what happens? All the dross gets taken out. So if you put a piece of uh, silver or gold and you're going to try to get the impurities out of it, there's going to be a refining process. How many of you remember the song Refiner's Fire? How many of you sang that song? How many of you still sing that song? Be careful when you sing that song. Here's, here's how it goes. Refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, Lord. Here's what you're saying. Go ahead, refine me. Okay. Guess what you just asked? Put me in the fire, Lord. The solution for an affluent, self-reliant um, overconfident believer is to go through the fire of testing. 
What does that mean exactly? Could you be more specific? Something probably like a trial, a storm, a test, a difficulty. Something like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. I think, gulp, I'll pray. (laughs) Every other option's gone. (laughs) I guess it's time to pray, family. Oh. (laughs) In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. The the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Oftentimes, to get out of lukewarmness, we've got to be put into the fire. The fire of trials, the fire of testing. We often run to God because we run out of our own options. And you may be in a fire tonight. And you may be asking the question, God, what are you doing? You can at least, and I'm not saying that this is the answer in every case, but you can at least ask yourself, was I lukewarm prior to this fire? Maybe that's why I'm in the fire. Second solution for lukewarm believers is a new spiritual wardrobe. Take a look at verse 18. It says, Um, I advise you to buy me gold refined by the fire that you may become rich and white garments that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness may may not be revealed. Second solution for lukewarm believers is a new spiritual wardrobe. Put on the new man. Put on the full armor of God. All metaphors for making sure that you get clothed with the things of God before you leave the house. And all God's people said, amen, true, but don't always do. Sometimes I'm on the freeway and I realize I don't have my shoes on. I, don't, I didn't get dressed. I'm not spiritually prepared. Dr. Martin used to say, you know, you know what they call believers who don't have the armor of God, who go out on the battlefield? Casualties. We need to suit up. Jesus says, you need to get your garments from me. You need, we're not talking physical, we're talking spiritual realities. The new man, the white garments, we'll see uh, the church clothing herself in fine linen, bright and clean garments in Revelation 19.8. We've got the armor of God. We've got putting on the new man. We've got adorning the doctrine of God. These are all metaphors for men. Make sure that you're filled with the spirit and you're in the things of God. Third solution for lukewarm believers He says, and I salve, end of 18, to anoint your eyes that you may see. Oh, you may have the world-famous eye salve, but I got some spiritual eye salve that you got to put on so you can start seeing things the way you really need to see them. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see. Do you ever just pray that? Lord, give me your eyes. I'm, I'm... not where I need to be. I need spiritual 2020. Give me your glasses. Because my vision is often mess up, messed up. Spiritual realities. 
What informs how you truly see the world? What informs how you see your spouse? What informs how you see other Christians? What informs how you see your weak? What informs your biggest priorities? God's word? Something else. Man, we need spiritual 2020. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, that I may be enlightened so that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance and the saints. Ephesians 1.18, I need... I need you to give me new jewelry, new clothes, new eyes, and a new water system. (laughs) All from Jesus. Living water, new glasses, new jewelry, new wardrobe. Lord, clothe me. Clothe me with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Well, you you hear this and you say, man, this is, it sounds a little harsh, like, Does he really love me? Well, those whom I love, Revelation 3.19, I reprove. The word reprove there is a Greek word which means to admonish or convict and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The solution, the ultimate solution for lukewarm believers is repentance. If you've been going in the lukewarm direction, it's to turn around and say, Lord, give me new eyes, new jewelry, new clothes, New living water, just take over my life. And I want to remind you, those whom I love, he loves even lukewarm believers. If you're lukewarm tonight, he loves you, but he's willing to discipline you. In fact, Hebrews 12 says that he disciplines the son in whom he delights. It says, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Hebrews 12:6. he scourges every son whom he receives. It says about our earthly fathers, they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he, God, Hebrews 12.10, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful. Joyful, and all God's people said, amen, but sorrowful. Yet those who have been trained by that discipline afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Someone has written, and so what do I say? I say, let the rains of disappointment come if they water the plants of spiritual grace. Let the winds of adversity blow if they serve to root more securely the trees that God has planted. I say, let the sun of prosperity be eclipsed if that brings me closer to the true light of life. Welcome sweet discipline, discipline designed for my joy, discipline designed to make me what God wants me to be. Oh, even reading that makes me uncomfortable. But God knows what we truly need. Be zealous and repent. This is the way that lukewarm believers get back to where they need to be. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and and will dine with him and he with me. Now, those of us who have watched enough Billy Graham Crusades or Greg Laurie Harvest know that Revelation 3.20 has been a famous evangelistic verse for many an evangelist, and I have no problem because the spirit of the verse is evangelistic. Behold, I'm at the door knocking. I seek the lost. I'm a seeker of the lost. I want to find lost people. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. But this is not an evangelistic verse. In context, 
The spirit of the verse is fine to use for evangelism, but it's written to a church, not to unbelievers. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite your kids to Vacation Bible School at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. This year, kids learn about the Israelites' time in Egypt. They'll explore God's goodness and celebrate a ferocious faith that powers them through this wild life. Each day at VBS, kids travel through rotations with crafts, music, and games, all for the purpose of teaching kids stories from the Bible and immersing them in new adventures. This week-long Vacation Bible School will begin July 8th, and it's only $10 per child. Register your little explorer today by visiting livingtruthcorona.org. That's livingtruthcorona.org. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The spirit of the verse is fine to use for evangelism, but it's written to a church, not to unbelievers. And the Lord of the church, outside the door of the church, is saying to the church, let me in. Oh, we got programs, Lord. We're good. We got this going on. We're good. We got this rocking band. We're good. We got, you name it. But if the Lord of the church is knocking on the door, let him in. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's a sad reality, but, you know, I think it was, uh, I'm trying to remember the author's name, but he said if the Holy Spirit was taken out of the church, a lot of churches wouldn't even notice. What? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. There's an insight from Colin Hemmer writing a commentary on Revelation. He says, The people of Laodicea were subjected to the insults of soldiery billeted upon them, to whom their hosts were compelled to pay a daily sum. They also had to provide dinner for the soldiers and their guests and clothing and daily subsidies for their officers. When they knocked, you were compelled to open the door and feed them. If Roman soldiers showed up at your house and said, this is Rome knocking, you opened your door, you fed them, you gave them whatever they wanted, and when they were through with exhausting your resources, then they left, and only when they were good and ready to leave. And you had no options. When they knocked at your door, you got the bread out, and if your family didn't eat that night, too bad, because it was better than facing the Roman iron fist. But Jesus doesn't do things that way. He doesn't knock down your door. He's at the door, what? Knocking. And he says, if you'll hear my voice, look at the verse, if anyone, any of us, will hear his voice and open the door, the handle of the door is on your side. It's up to you. How close do you want to be to God tonight. It's up to you. Do you want him in or not? Do you repeat the refrain? I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Or, not now, Lord. I'll look for a more convenient time. (laughs) And the Lord says, I mean, isn't it cool that he knocks? Some people in my household don't knock. (laughs) Don't you people know how to knock? These are confessions of a preacher (laughs) inside our own dwellings. We're so comfortable with one another. But you got to learn to knock sometimes, right? 
God is so gracious, he made the universe. He's the Lord of the church, and he actually knocks. Hey, would you let me in? I'd like to spend some time with you. The Lord of the universe wants to be close to you. And he gives you the option. You want to open the door? I'll come in. The idea of continual knocking is the hope of response. And the response, of course, is repentance. Because this group of Laodicean believers has locked God out of their everyday lives. They're self-sufficient. They're good. They've been listening to the wrong voices. They've been wearing the wrong glasses and the wrong clothing. They've shut him out. And he's at the door saying, let me back into your life. And he may be saying that to you. I know he says it to me all the time. Michael, you can do all of that, but the first thing you need to do is get close to me. Yes, Lord. Oh, man, I, I hear that voice almost every day. Michael, <laughs> you could take 10 more minutes to prepare, but you need to pray. Yes, Lord. And sometimes I wait till the last two minutes. But let me just do one more thing, Lord. I hear you knocking, but Michael, let me in and spend time with me. I'm at the door knocking. Notice the, the language of dining here. I will come in end of 20. And I will come in when you open the door. So he's not going to run from you. He, he He's knocking, and, he, and you respond, he'll come in, whatever the condition of the house may be, and I will dine with him and he with me. In the ancient world, to have a meal with someone was not fast food, man. It was a slow, intimate, conversational, get to know each other's hearts. And finally, a promise, as we've seen at the end of uh, all these letters, he who overcomes, the overcomer, verse 21, notice this, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You think Rome would let you sit on the emperor's throne? Hey, yell out to the Caesar from the back of the crowd. Hey, Caesar, do you mind if I, I just, like five minutes, I want to take some pictures with my friends? No, you ain't sitting on the emperor's throne. But the Lord of the universe says, if you overcome, see, yeah. He's, he's got no worries about sharing everything with his bride. You're his bride, church. He says, you're going to sit down with me on my throne. Cross-reference Revelation 2, 26 through 28, something similar said to an earlier church. And finally, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Well, Father, we know that the world is full of all kinds of voices today that often drown out what I think you're trying to say to us, and forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we turned up all the wrong music and we were not sensitive to your spirit. And thank you that you love even lukewarm believers, of which we would all admit there's times, even with that, within our day, that we go from lukewarm to hot to cold. And Lord, uh, we just have to confess that we just fight this battle, but we know that when we let you in to fight the battles for us, when we let you clothe us, when we let you give us your eyes and your heart, everything changes. We need your eye salve. We need the clothing that you give us, Lord. We need your glasses, and we need your living water. And so we just want to pray tonight, wherever we're at, that we've heard your voice, that we'll respond in a way that brings you glory. 
and that will open the door. Just keep your heart open right now. You know, really the door of your life is your heart. It's not your pumping organ. It's the core of who you are, and that's where Jesus wants lordship. He wants to be enthroned right there in the center of who you are. And so I'm sure if you're like me, you need to do a little business right now and just something like this. Lord Jesus, just come in. Take full residence in my heart. Let your word richly dwell within me. Pray along with me, saints. Let your word richly dwell within me. Lord, just come in and do some house cleaning and change my heart and change my eyes and change my attitude. Give me zeal where there's lukewarmness. Give me passion where there's dryness. If you're not a Christian tonight and you've never opened the door, you've never opened it for the first time, he's at the door. You're here for a reason. He wants to save you and change you. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to arrive, but you can start today. Something like this, pray it if it's you. Jesus, save me. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead, and I trust you and you alone for my salvation. Be my Lord, be my Savior, and change me from the inside out, I pray. Give me a new start, Lord. Father, repentance is, a, is for unbelievers, but it's also for believers in areas in where, where we may need to repent and just do a 180, help us in that area, Lord. Thank you that you love us despite our shortcomings, and thank you that you would even stand at the door of our lives and knock. And I just pray that we'll be closer to you tonight because we've been here, and that you'll be glorified in our lives this week in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, my friend, my brother, my sister, it is an amazing thing that our Lord and Savior would knock on the door of our lives, that he would knock on the door of our churches and say, let me back in. I want to have deep fellowship with you. I want you to come back to a place where you're on fire with passion again. You're refreshing to others because you're spending time with me in deep communion. That's the point of the teaching of lukewarm Laodicea, not to stay stuck, not to be in a lukewarm state, but to find out the remedy and to move forward in your walk with Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation 3.20 has also been used as an evangelistic verse, and there is certainly application. Though it's written to a church, it has application if you're not a believer. You may have been listening to Christian radio for some time, and maybe you've never made a commitment to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. You've never officially opened the door. You've heard the knock. You've felt the tug. Now's the time, my friend. Don't put it off, because you don't know what a day is going to bring. Invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and do it today. You may say, well, how do I do that, Pastor Michael? Well, you do it through prayer. You just say, Lord Jesus, I've been learning about you. I am hungry to know you. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died on that terrible cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead, and I'm going to trust you right now as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my King. I turn from my sin, and I place my trust in you and you alone for my salvation. Save me, Lord. Change me and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to Walk in Truth. I'm Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in California. Hey, if you're thinking, I know many lukewarm Christians, how do I confront them? 
Well, I'm going to assume for a moment you have already dealt with the sins in your own life. You've repented of those. First, we've got to get the log out of our own eye, right? And here's how I would speak the truth to a fellow believer who's stuck in a lukewarm state. I would come to them based upon Galatians 6, in gentleness, in love, the right attitude, the right passion, the right goal. Restoration is the goal, Galatians 6, Matthew 18. It's to tell a friend, hey, fan into flame that gift that I saw you using in past years. Get back in the game, man. And maybe you could encourage them to come with you or do some Bible study with you or Tell them that you're praying for them or you'd love to pray together. Maybe meet them for a cup of coffee and begin to go through a book of the Bible. These are all great ways to help fan that flame again in a friend's life. And it's a great thing to do for a friend. Just make sure your motivation is love and you come in humility and gentleness. Well, if you have more questions on how to practically walk in truth, that's what this ministry is named, you can contact us when you send your email to answers at walkintruth.com. Now you can get the mailing address when you go to the website at walkintruth.com. Now tune in again tomorrow to this great station as we begin to read from Revelation chapter 4, an open door into heaven. We're going to get to see the worship of God in heaven. Man, can it get any better? Well, you're going to have to tune in tomorrow for more in the book of Revelation chapter 4. We'll see you then. God bless you. Remember, you can listen to today's program and previous ones whenever you want on our website, walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.